0: Good morning, good to see you this morning, I pray that you would say the same to me if I could hear you. Uh, If I don't get to see you between now and Thursday, Merry Christmas. I may have to preach with this thing on here today. All right, Micah chapter 5. If you would, turn with me to Micah chapter 5, we'll work with what we've got hanging. We'll just count that like it's jewelry. This morning, this morning, uh, we do count it somewhat. For the most part, as kind of our Christmas Sunday, the, the Sunday before Christmas. Whenever we really think, uh, every year this is the year when we would sing more Christmas songs than normal. Whenever we think more deeply about some of the truths of the Scripture that came to to pass on that first Christmas morning, and so today we're going to do. The same thing we've been doing for the last few weeks, we're going to look at an Old Testament text in Micah chapter 5, a prophecy about the coming Messiah to see how it was fulfilled in Jesus. So in Micah chapter 5, I want to begin by giving you the context, the background, the setting. So look with me in verse 1. Micah chapter 5 verse 1 says, Now muster your troops, O daughter of troops siege is laid against us with a rod, they strike the judge of Israel on the cheek. Now I want to stop there for just a moment. I know it doesn't sound too Christmassy yet, but I want us to see the context. When we see the setting and what's taking place here, it really helps emphasize their need for a savior. So these are the people of Jerusalem, and as, as the prophet Micah uh, has a word from God, he's speaking to the people of Jerusalem, and he says here, this is a call to arms, right? Muster your troops, get ready for battle. He says, siege is laid against us, and that's not in like a, a poetic sense. That's in a literal sense. Literally, there was an enemy army at the gates. At this, at this time, the Assyrians were the most feared people in the world. They had the strongest army in the world. They were some of the most ruthless and terrible people in the world. And so the Assyrians had taken over most of the cities of Judah. And now they were at the capital city. They were at the gates and they were threatening to siege and cut off and destroy the people of Jerusalem. And so that's where we're starting today. If, if you were the people hearing this prophecy for the first time, That's what life is like. You are shut up inside of the city gates. You're protected for the moment, but you know what's outside. You would be able to hear the army. You would be able to hear the talk. King Hezekiah, the the king of God's people at this point, king in Jerusalem, he has been disgraced. He seems to be very scared. And then there's this ruthless army threatening to take over. So things were pretty bad. And so it's easy to see in the moment why any word, any prophecy, any promise about a coming Savior, any promise about someone that was coming to make things better, how much that would have meant to them. That's what they're dealing with. And so when Micah starts to speak about the Messiah, the Messiah, they know who the Messiah is at this point. They've been praying for the Messiah. They've been waiting for the Messiah. This, this great ruler who was going to come from the line of David, this great ruler that was going to establish Israel forever, that was going to make sure uh, that his kingdom never ended, that was going to make sure that they were safe and well, whenever they're in the midst of what they're in the midst of, and they hear speaking about the Messiah... They would have listened closely. I want you to do the same as we look at verses 2 through the first part of verse 5 for our text this morning to see this prophecy about the Messiah that was going to come. Micah 5.2 says, But you, O Bethlehem Ephratah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient of days. Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brother shall return to the people of Israel and shall stand and shepherd his flock and the strength of the Lord and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth and he shall be their peace. And then there's some specific prophecy in verses 6 and 7 that we won't have time to get into this morning. I pray we will one day soon. But I want you to think for just a moment how beautiful. Now, this text sounds beautiful to me. This text, these promises sound beautiful to us as we sit here, right, in the comfort of our vehicles in a safe place, in a country where you're well protected, where there are no enemies. All of these promises about security and peace, these things sound good to us. So how much more for people that were hurting, for people that were worried, for people that were scared. And so in verse 2, you already see there, especially for them, there are some echoes of the promises that we saw in 2 Samuel 7, that that Davidic Covenant as we call it right the covenant that God made with David and said one of your offspring will be ruler forever And then we see all the promises about the Messiah There are some echoes there in verse 2 about that Whenever it says this ruler that was going to come forth to be a ruler in Israel Whose coming forth is from of old from ancient of days They would have recognized that this was Micah the prophet, speaking about the Messiah. They would have caught that immediately. So he's saying the ruler that's been promised for a long time that was coming to rule Israel, they know that he's talking about the Messiah. But the thing that might have been surprising to them is that the first part of this prophecy is that the Messiah was going to come from Bethlehem. Bethlehem, that was such a small town... That it's said here to be too small, too little, to be among the clans of Judah. And if you look back, there have been lists in the Old Testament of the towns of Judah, and Bethlehem was left out. Now there is a Bethlehem that you see there, but it's not this Bethlehem, it's one in the north. It was the other Bethlehem. This Bethlehem so small, so insignificant, that its name isn't even put in the list of cities. But f- what's coming from it will not be insignificant. The Messiah is coming from Bethlehem. So point one, the long-awaited Messiah was coming, and he was coming from Bethlehem. It's what we see here, he was going to come, which was reassuring, which was good news, He was coming from Bethlehem, which might have been puzzling news, but they probably didn't care at the time where he was coming from. Just the fact that he was coming was the news that they were hoping for. But verse 3 might reverse course just a touch. It says, Therefore he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. What's the prophecy there? The short of it is this. It was going to be a little while. The Messiah was coming, but there was going to be a time before he came, and there were going to be some difficulties before he came. They would be given up. There were going to be trials. There were going to be problems that would come for a while before he got there. So verse 2 tells us the Messiah is coming from Bethlehem. Verse 3 tells us it's going to be a little while, but verses 4 and that first part of verse 5 that we looked at, make some promises about what would happen when he came. Some reminders of what was going to be coming with the Messiah that would make it worth the wait. Look with me again and listen closely to verse 4 and that first line of verse 5. And if you're here today and you are scared or worried or feel powerless, or helpless, or hopeless because of some situation that you're dealing with, listen to these words closely. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock and the strength of the Lord, and the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall be their peace. Brothers and sisters, this is why Christmas is something to celebrate. Christmas was the coming of the Messiah, and these are the sort of things that were going to happen when the Messiah came. The first promise there, he shall stand and shepherd his flock and the strength of the Lord. Lord in all capital letters, that's the name of God, his personal name, Yahweh. Right? The the Messiah would stand among the people, the Messiah would shepherd the people. And he would do it with the strength of God Almighty. How? Why? Because he was God Almighty, right? We know that promise, that this Messiah was going to be Emmanuel. We know the teaching of the New Testament, that Jesus is God. And so this Messiah was coming, and he was going to have the strength of God when he came. And that idea of of the picture of him being a shepherd, this picture was, was well-versed in this day and time. Uh, Egyptians would have used it. They did use it. Assyrians used it sometimes. Good kings like to speak of themselves as a shepherd because it evokes this picture, this thought of, of somebody that, that stays with you and is among you and, and fights off anybody that tries to attack you and makes sure that you are cared for and that you have everything that you need who knows your name and spends time with you and keeps you safe. And so that's the picture here, that the Messiah would be with the people. And the Messiah would know the people, and the Messiah would listen to the people, and the Messiah would care for the people, and the Messiah would protect the people. Beautiful, beautiful promises. That he would personally do all of these things. The second promise that we see in this text is that they shall dwell secure. In parentheses, I put, because of his greatness. But it says he's going to come and stand and shepherd his flock with the strength of God and the majesty of the name of the Lord God. And they shall dwell secure. For now he shall be great to the ends of the earth. Brothers and sisters, this idea is that if God is your shepherd and God is with you, and God is protecting you, and God is providing for you, then there is security. There is peace. Peace of mind that the person that's in charge of you, the person that is defending you, the person that is providing for you and caring for you, is everywhere at all times, never absent. Is completely knowing and wise about all things, even knowing the future, is all-powerful and can do anything that he wants. And when that person is the one who's in charge of you, there's security. There's peace. There are all of these things that we look for in the Messiah. And I think sometimes we forget about this part. I think sometimes you and I feel more vulnerable than we really should Because we spend too much time focusing on our enemies, focusing on things that are attacking us, focusing on situations around us that scare us and stress us out, more than we spend time looking at and thinking about who our defender is. Who the one that is providing for us is. What he can do. What sort of abilities he possesses. But here the promise is that the Messiah's people will dwell in security because the Messiah will be great to the ends of the earth, greater than anyone else on earth. And it flows directly into that very last promise at the beginning of verse 5. And he shall be their peace. And I love that thought. Not he will give them peace or he will offer them peace. He himself will be our peace, brothers and sisters. Our peace comes from Jesus. It doesn't come from some of the things that Jesus offers. It comes from Him. When you know Him, when you know who He is, when you know His presence, when you know His love for you, when you know what He has done for you, He is your peace. Or as Isaiah put it, in the well-known passage that we often read at Christmas, Isaiah writing at the same time period as Micah, he will be the prince of peace. Point two, the Messiah would bring peace, safety, and security to his people. So this is what we see here. This is what we see in Michael. We see people that are devastated and scared and worried, who are given reassurance that the Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he's going to come from Bethlehem. And he's going to bring them peace and safety and security and hope and help and love and be with them. And so the only thing, the only other thing I want you to see is where this text is fulfilled, right? Where does this prophecy come true? And if you have your Bibles, if you would, turn over to Matthew chapter 2. As we look in Matthew, as he's talking and giving us the account of the, the Christmas story, as we would normally call it, Matthew chapter 2, I talked to a friend of mine that's teaching this text, specifically this morning. And we'll be mentioning Micah 5 as well. thought that was pretty neat. Micah 2, beginning in verse 1, says this. uh, Matthew 2, I'm sorry, beginning in verse 1, says this. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, and then he quotes our text from today, Micah. And you, O Bethlehem, and the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come forth, shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Last point, point three. Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, the Savior, the Good Shepherd, and our peace. Our Peace, brothers and sisters. Those of us that know him through faith, that have been saved by his blood, he is the Messiah, he is the Christ, he is our Savior, he is our Shepherd who is with us, who leads us, who provides for us, who protects us, and he is also our peace. And a lot of us have looked for peace in a lot of different places, but brothers and sisters, I'm telling you from the Scriptures, this is where it's found. It's found in Jesus. It's found in resting in Him. It's found in trusting Him. It's found in knowing Him. That's where we find true and lasting peace. I pray that you recognize this. I pray that you are already celebrating this this morning. And that you plan on celebrating this this week. Jesus is the one that was a descendant of David. We've seen that. Jesus is the one that was born in Bethlehem. Jesus is the one that came to, to be the everlasting ruler, to establish an eternal kingdom. Jesus is the one that came to offer security and hope and peace to his people. Jesus is the Messiah that was going to strike the head of Satan. All of the prophecies, this is what we've seen this month. This is what we'll continue to see next week for one more week. All of these prophecies about the coming Messiah are fulfilled in Jesus. So for us, it's not when he comes. There is a when he comes again, but it's when he came. That's what Christmas is, right? It's when the Messiah came. It's when Emmanuel became literally God with us who left heaven to come and live on earth among people as a human. Right? God in human flesh. That's who Jesus was. He's the one that loved us so perfectly that not only did he leave heaven and come here, but he also lived a perfect life and died a perfect death. He is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He is what we celebrate whenever the Old Testament looks at Passover for us he's the Passover lamb he's the one that was killed so that his blood would save us from our greatest enemy you see in this day and time they were saying send the Messiah to save us from the Assyrians and then later they said send the Messiah to save us from the Babylonians and then later they said send the Messiah to save us From the Seleucids. And then it was, send the Messiah to save us from the Romans. But brothers and sisters, God sent the Messiah to save us from someone much worse than the Assyrians or the Seleucids or the Babylonians or the Assyrians. He sent the Messiah to save us from the only enemy that separates us from God. From the only enemy that makes it so that all of us We're under an eternal death penalty. The only enemy that makes us wreck our lives and do things that we didn't want to do, the only enemy that completely tears apart families, and that enemy is sin. The Messiah came. Yes, one day he will rule over all those kingdoms. We've seen those promises. Yes, one day he will literally make it so that no one will ever oppress us. No one will ever speak a a terrible word to us. No one will ever be mean to us again. But for now, brothers and sisters, he has come to set us free from our greatest enemy, and that enemy is sin. That is the enemy that keeps you separate from God. The enemy that keeps you from going to heaven and having a perfect eternal life there. The only way that you can be set free from those things is through Jesus. Because of his perfect life, because of his perfect death, and because he then rose again and proved that he is the promised one that's stronger than death. I want to leave you with this thought. This same Messiah that they wanted to see in Micah, that we see in Matthew, we'll see again. And in Revelation chapter 1, second part of verse 17 and verse 18, he said this to John, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died and behold, I am alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and Hades. Brothers and sisters, if you want to know real, lasting peace, then you need to know the one that's not only stronger than whoever you're dealing with today, not only stronger than whatever situation you'll deal with in the coming week, you need to know the one that is stronger than death and Hades, that rules over them and will rule over them forever. And I'm telling you that that one is Jesus. Jesus is the Messiah. He is our hope. He is our peace, and it's why Christmas is such a big deal. It's why we celebrate it for a month, but also all year long, because he's worthy of that sort of praise and worship. If you don't know him personally, I just want you to hear this this morning. He has already come, he has already died, and he has already come back to life. The offering for sin has already been made, the ransom has been taken, And there's atonement made for sin. If you would come to him today, he has already made it so that you could be forgiven of your sins and that you could have eternal life. If you've never done that, I pray that you would. If you have questions about how to do that or what that means, call me, text me, send me a message on Facebook. I would love to talk to you about those things, brothers and sisters. But if you do know it, then celebrate. Celebrate this week like no other day of the year. Celebrate this week like Jesus really came and is really among us and personally loves us and provides for us and protects us because he does. God would pray with me. Father God, you are so good. Lord, we cannot begin to fathom your goodness that while we were sinners, opposed to you, fighting against anything that you wanted us to do, living our own way, That while we were in the middle of that, that you loved us enough to send your son. Lord, that even whenever we pointed out, we could point out our enemies and say, this is who we want you to defeat, Lord, you knew our greatest need. And just like the paralytic man whose friends brought him to Jesus' feet, expecting that his legs would be healed, but Christ's answer was, your sins are forgiven. Father, thank you for forgiving us of our greatest need, our greatest debt, of defeating our greatest enemy, and promising, Lord, that one day you will defeat all enemies. You will put everyone under your feet. You will put everything in its place, and we will dwell physically secure with you forever. Father, thank you for these promises. Thank you for making them so beautifully in the Old Testament and so clearly fulfilling them and the New Testament in Jesus. Lord, I pray that we see this, and that we understand this, and that we share this, that we tell this to people that we meet, so that those that don't know Christ might come to know Christ. Because, Father, they need that sort of salvation, and you are worthy of their praise. Lord, help us to celebrate Christmas this week, not because we have more time to deer hunt or more time with family, not because we'll get better presents than other days of the year, but Lord, because you have come to save us and you continue to be with us. Thank you for these promises. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.